Friends, welcome. This is the painting pictures update. Just me and this microphone and about 20 minutes of your time. A little update on the state of affairs here in the life of Gabriel Roberts. April, a uh, great month, great month so far, got started with April Fool's Day, um, didn't didn't get fooled by anything, didn't fool anybody, um, so that was kind of a dud, but I did get to celebrate uh, some friends' birthdays in San Francisco, um, interesting uh, story there, going back into the city of San Clams Disco. Um, I don't know. This is sort of interesting to me. So maybe you'll like it. Uh, I'm going to try to stop like the self-deprecating thing about what I'm saying, because, you know, at this point you've decided to listen to this and if you don't like it, you can skip ahead, but, um, and, and that's fine. But if you're already listening, you, you probably, uh, like it all right. And you're probably just saying, Gabe, just calm down. It's okay. <laughs> So I'm going to take a deep breath. There we go. Uh, went to dinner with some friends. You know, that's like the new way you do birthdays these days. It used to be you'd have a party, the parents would host a party, and you'd bring presents, and you'd play games, and you'd eat cake. And that's great, but um, the new way now is you just go out to dinner, right? You go out maybe for some drinks. And then you go to dinner, and the birthday person doesn't pay a darn thing for the whole night. I think this is a great concept, because um, you don't have to, you know, plan ahead and get a gift. And the birthday person gets to feel special and treated. And uh, so that's what we did. So this is a couple couple friends. um, It was a bro night. Group of bros, you know. I at a bar, played some pool, um, then ate dinner at this German restaurant called Suppenkutchen, and they serve up some darn good food. I don't think I had ever had latkes before, and that's a shame because latkes is a pretty special little treat. It's like a little potato pancake. And they'd serve it with applesauce, uh, which is a really nice compliment. It's so it's sort of like it's sort of like reminiscent of breakfast, like because you've got kind of like a little bit of hash brown flavor and applesauce, but then it's also very savory, and you're eating it with, in my case, chicken or beef. 
anyway, the point of this story is that I had brought some cash. I, you know, drove into the city. I maybe had a few bucks on me, but I stopped to get cash and gasoline. And I got out, I think I got out $100 at the bank and I put 40 of those, or maybe I got 100 I don't know. I filled up my tank, um, then went into the city thinking I had plenty of cash for whatever I would get into that night. Well, it turns out with all the beers and everything that the bill came out to $66 for each person. Um, and I know you're thinking, God, that's crazy, but I really love my friends. So $66? That's nothing, you know, for a friend. Like, I'll pay that anytime for their birthday. In all seriousness, I was happy to pay it because I had a really good time. The food was good. The vibes were good. It looked like the birthday boys were having a great time. Oh, that's the other reason it was more expensive is because there were two birthday boys because they're twins. Twinsies. So that, you know, ratchets it up. And also somebody in the party decided to get a boot. The boot beer. The beer that comes in a huge boot. And that was probably like eighty dollars. So, uh, not that I'm <laughs> not that I'm bitter about that or anything. Anyway, sixty six dollars. Somebody comes up. That's the magic number that everybody throws in. I go to my pocket. Uh, I pull out my cash, and I'm counting it. And I have exactly, exactly sixty four dollars. Just kidding. I had exactly sixty six dollars. How about that, huh? So plunked it down. Um, you know, felt like that was a good sign. That was a sign that I was in the flow, that I was in the right place. Um, and then going on with the $66, the next morning I got a, a parking ticket for $66. <laughs> Which, of course, at that point I did not have in my pocket, and I had to write a check for street cleaning in Oakland. That's the new number, 66 uh, not a good feeling when you're walking up to your car and it's the only one on the, on the side of the street, on one side of the street. Uh, I'm sure you've, you're familiar with that feeling if you've ever lived in a city that tries to squeeze you for parking monies via the magic of street cleaning. They're, it's so obviously a ploy for money that it's they don't even try to pretend that it's like oh well we actually need to clean the streets because this is also in Oakland a couple years ago I pulled up to this spot where I was working on a painting and um, the street one side of the street was empty because it was street cleaning that morning um, uh, so I parked I found a spot on the other side of the street and. Uh, it was a little further away, so I had to schlep my stuff to set up to paint. And then I saw the street sweeper come through on the empty side of the street and went through and did its thing and drove off. And so then there was still like, you know, the street cleaning was like from 9 to noon was the window. This was like around, I don't know, 1030 or something, and the, the street cleaner was gone. So what I did is I was like, oh, sweet, like now I can park right next to where I'm painting so I went and I got my car and I moved it and I parked there. Well, an hour later, 11.30, I see this car come down and this guy gets out and he starts writing me a ticket. Yeah, writing me a ticket. And it's, it wasn't even a little meter made. It was like a, it was like a Dodge uh, Intrepid, if you can remember that car. I think, 
And so I don't even know how official this dude was, but I ran over and pleaded my case and he, you know, let me move it without writing me a ticket. But I said, the street cleaner already came. The street cleaner already came. I, I don't understand. And he said, oh, yeah, we do, um, you know, we do multiple passes. <laughs> Isn't that sick? Isn't that just sick? They say it's for street cleaning. The street cleaning's done. You park there. They come back and ticket you again. I'll bet they'd issue two tickets, too. I'll bet they'd get you once <laughs> before this truck comes, and then they'd get you again. I don't know. Well, uh, let's just take a quick break, and um, I'll come back with a real-life update. All right, life update. It's April. I have one thing in my year of 2014 that I know about that is definitely happening, and that is the month of June. I'm going to be in Paonia, Colorado at the Elsewhere Studios for a residency program. And what's a residency? Well, it's an art residency. Well, what's an art residency? Well, if you stop asking so many questions, I'll tell you. It's a place where artists go and work on their art. And some of they vary. Some of them have um, teachers, but mostly they, they don't. And it's mostly a space where artists can work uninterrupted by, you know, the, the pressures of society. And they can just finally just paint, you know? Finally, just, just, that's all I want to do is just paint. I don't want to have to think about paying rent and dealing with society and having to fill up my car with gasoline and do my dishes. I, I just want to paint. Well, I'm going to have that chance. I'm really excited. It's funny that um, it's in my mind a lot and I end up talking about it a lot, I feel like, because whenever you talk to somebody, they're like, oh, what are you up to? And that's like the one thing I have that I can throw out there. It's like, well, I'm going to be in Colorado in June. And that sounds really exciting, you know. Uh, so there you have it, folks. I am going to be in Colorado in June. So I've begun to tentatively, tentatively plan my year around that month. And the, the beginning part of the year before that month arrives um, well, I've got this podcast, obviously, but, uh, I'm also trying to make some money, make a little bit of money, you know, trying to make that Skrill, that Skrill a dill. And, uh, so I've been doing a lot of landscaping. Now, landscaping is a nice way to say, um, well, it's landscaping. Gardening is like a really soft way to say landscaping or, well, I guess they're different. Gardening, a garden, I think, implies food that you eat. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, landscaping involves being in the sun and um, pulling weeds mostly. That's That's been my focus at this one job I have. There's crabgrass, a.k.a. Bermuda grass, a.k.a. devil grass, a.k.a. the worst, the most awful thing that God has created to thwart mankind. And it grows, weed fabric doesn't affect it. It grows underneath weed fabric, creating these crazy networks. And its roots go down like six or eight inches into the soil. It doesn't need any water. It doesn't need any sunlight, apparently. 
it can grow straight up. I moved this statue the other day, and there was a, there was crabgrass. There's a little hole in the bottom of the statue. It was this um, stone, uh, multi-layered Chinese lantern, and there was a hole running up through the middle of the statue. Well, the crabgrass grew all the way up through the hole. <laughs> so when my sister Lucy, who you'll hear from soon was actually working with me that day and she remarked as she pulled apart the lantern the crabgrass had gone all the way up through like four feet of this statue just strands of it just gone coming up through the stone in the darkness exploring to maybe one day find light well eventually the hole is capped by the sculpture so there's nowhere for it to go but this just gives you an idea of the tenacity of this plant Anyway, so that's, you know, I've been doing that, going out some mornings, um, shoveling and, you know, pulling weeds and doing all this work that is, um, it's good. It's, it's, it's honest labor, you know, I find it more satisfying than like, uh, emailing everybody I know with a, a subtle promotion about buying paintings on Etsy, which if you need some paintings, please visit my Etsy shop. <laughs> It's a hell of a lot easier than pulling weeds, but it's not. It's it's um, I'm shifting away from that push, so that's an option. You know, I'm willing to and happy to sell paintings, and I just sold a painting to a good friend from high school, and that was lovely. And I hope to do more of that as the time goes by. But you know, gotta make a few hundred bucks for my residency, and so some good honest labor works pretty well and then i've also been doing some here at the old house um our yard in comparison to this other yard i've been working at is so clean and peaceful and free of crabgrass it's kind of joyful um and so i'm also working on a new painting um i've i cooled off a little bit on the on the painting hype um which has felt good, and I'm really excited about painting, and I decided to start this large canvas. It's like two and a half, two and a half by four feet, maybe. It's probably not that big. It's pretty big, though. And I'm not painting directly from life. I am painting outdoors, and I am putting in things that I see, but I'm also, I'm trying to... Um, put in mostly colors that I see in color relationships and then let the shapes form themselves on the canvas. So I'm hoping that the painting will soon have a life of its own. It it started with a lot of small shapes and it uh, seems a bit disparate and disjointed and I think the challenge is going to be figuring out how many moments I can really fit in without it feeling uh confusing and jumbled um and it's it's terrible it looks it looks terrible right now um but I'm trying to focus on the process of painting I heard a a quote from the book The War of Art Uh, I don't know the author but this was from Duncan Trussell. He said that focusing on the process 
is liberating and that that's the best way as an artist to move forward is to find satisfaction in the fact that you are finally doing this thing that you've been thinking about and meaning to do and taking the emphasis off of the finished product and so that's been really nice and I've painted a couple days and hopefully going to paint some more today on this big scary painting and just plugging along and uh, not too worked up about how it looks at this point and trying to feel satisfied with with the painting but I'm hoping that it's going to come out different um, than other paintings which I think is good and if I can finish it before June I'll feel like I've got something to, to build on and, and to launch myself into this residency what else um, so yeah so I'll be in Colorado in June and then the second half of the year um, I'm going to come back probably in July and build a, a redo the kitchen in our house with my dad and my brother that's the plan um, it's super exciting to think about like this is going to be a total kitchen remodel uh, new door, changing the doorway so that you don't have to walk through the living room to go outside and then redoing all the counters, putting in an island, all that stuff. And we're hopefully going to do it with a lot of reclaimed um, materials. But then um, in the fall, I'm hoping to head east. So this is just putting that out there. This fall... Uh, Gabriel Roberts will be on the East Coast, and I want to talk to you if you want to be on the podcast, and especially if you have a gallery space, some sort of a space where you show art, not necessarily a gallery, but I want to find the best places that are showing art, and I want to talk to the artists uh, that are making the best art. I need to take another break because I'm almost at my um, marker. Just to expand on that point, not just to expand on that point, to expand on that point about galleries and, and gallery spaces. Art galleries are tricky and often show awful, terrible art. There, I said it. Terrible art that's dark, depressing, bad, um, cheesy, overpriced. We've all seen it, and... The trick is for you as a viewer to trust yourself when you think something is terrible and to trust yourself when you think something's great and not think that because you haven't necessarily studied art, you don't have a right to that opinion or it's not valid because art isn't made for artists or people who studied art. Art is made for everybody and... Um, so I think that a lot of galleries even don't have, aren't run by people that are aware of this fact and aren't run by people that have studied art or know anything about art. And so they tend to sometimes show art that they think is good because it's made by artists who have good resumes and because it's edgy. And that is really killing this whole art thing. Because there's nothing worse than going into a gallery and not liking what you see. Not being able to 
afford anything in the gallery and not feeling free to express that sentiment of this is bullshit. This is this is bullshit. <laughs> this is a venue that supposedly shows art. I don't like anything here. I can't buy anything here. And I feel uncomfortable saying that because the whole vibe here is telling me that uh, this place is sophisticated and knows more about art than I do. And if I don't like the art on the wall, I must be backwards. And uh, if I can't afford it, I must be poor. Um, so this all needs to change. And I certainly haven't done maybe the due diligence of, of exploring all of the art galleries around. But last night I did go to this place called the Delta Workshop in Sacramento. It was really cool and um, had a lot of handmade things, you know, like towels with roosters on them, but really crafty and cute. Things by local artists, a bunch of great little greeting cards. And it was showing some paintings by this guy named Tyson Anthony Roberts, who I just got in contact with this week. He went to UC Davis. Uh, he paints. He paints with acrylic. Um, this was some landscapes done from photographs. They're really nice, really lively, um, nice palette. And um, it was really simple, direct. I didn't look at its prices, but I'm assuming they're pretty affordable. Um, and there was no air of pretension in the space. So that's one for Sacramento. And, and I'll try to find some more. And I'd like that to be that to be sort of my focus, you know, or part of my focus of what I do. And if you out there, if you know of a place shows art that you can go to and you know uh not necessarily that you're gonna like the art but more often than not you do um and it feels like real and you feel comfortable there and the shit isn't ridiculously overpriced the gallery manager doesn't brush you off when you inquire about the possibility of showing art um i want to hear about it and i want to highlight these places around the world, around the country at least, because um, if we all just start going to those places and stop going to the other places, I think we'll find there are a lot more people out there than, than, than are buying art right now that are willing to buy art and want to buy art. So if you have any recommendations for venues that are showing art that you feel are showing fresh art that you connect with um, in, a, in a friendly, accessible way, please contact me at gaberobertsart at gmail.com. I'm hoping to circulate through most of the great country, well, at least the lower 48, in this year of our Lord, 2014. So I would love to uh, check out any, any and all of these places and share them with you on this podcast. This concludes the April painting pictures update 2014 thanks for listening we now return you to your regularly scheduled podcasts ciao bella ciao ciao bella <laughs>